Jam those hands together for our choir. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hallelujah. Can we celebrate them one more time? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hallelujah. Now we quickly get into the word. Um, 20 minutes to my time. Please get on the keyboard. Or you can continue to play very softly. I, I, I love an ambience of worship when I minister. And I'm going to be talking today on Standing Firm, part three. I started a series on the first Sunday, first Thursday in the month. The second Sunday in the month, I continued, and this is the last in the series. And I trust God that He will bless you if you pay attention. Hallelujah. Now, one of our anchor scriptures is um, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And I'll read verse 13. Um, our media team, this thing is off. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13. Standing firm. Let me read from the easy to read version. Please pay attention. I know God will bless you. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be careful. Hold firmly to your faith. Have courage and be strong. Ah. This scripture is relevant for the times that we live in, especially in Nigeria. It says, be careful. You know, there are so many people with mental health issues roaming around in Nigeria. I hope you know. Some of them are driving cars. You know some of them are driving cars. They will see red light. They won't would, they would even behave as if there is any light in front of them. Some of them, when they see you around one corner, you are, they are still 100 meters away. They will just press. As if, if you enter before them, they will fold the road and take it away. Some of these things we see around us, they are not normal. Oh. When I was coming to church this morning, I saw a, a, a cyclist riding on the left side of the road. That's the first lane. Normally when you see cyclists or people cycling, they normally stay on the inside right, you know, so that the other... You know, when we saw this guy, and I'm like... Now, people are baffling mental health issues. Because Nigeria can be tough. Right. And that's why Apostle Paul, by inspiration, said, be careful, hold firmly to your faith. Have courage and be strong. The New Living Translation says, be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Because if you are not standing firm, the devil will do his best, not only to shake you, but to move you out of the faith. Hallelujah. Now, I've said it before that life is never a straight line. Right? If God were to tell me to write the story of my life, there will never be a downward loop 
anywhere or a depression. It will always be a straight line. Everything just goes smoothly. Because I don't like problems. As you see me, so I know they like Wahala. I just mind my business, I go my way. But life is not like that. Right? And life will never be life without the twists and the turns and the undulating contours of human existence. Right? And like we always say, that life is not a bed of roses. Things happen. Life happens. Right? Uh, and when life happens, God has already given us assurance that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Hallelujah. And we deal with all manners of economic challenges in today's Nigeria. The removal of the fuel subsidy, escalating inflation, and for a lot of people, salaries have not been adjusted. So your salary that used to take you home can no longer take a lot of people home. A lot of people are hungry in Nigeria. You go to the market, what you use to, to buy, 5,000 naira, you can cook a pot of soup or whatever. Now you pick one panla and they say 6,000. And you say, how? Right? Apart from the economic pressures, people, apart from the economic challenges, people are also dealing with pressures. Pressure within and pressure without. Inner struggles, internal problems. You know, people struggle with self-esteem. Am I good enough? Why are they all serving me breakfast? Why am I not married? Why are things not working out for me? Why is everybody running away? And this is what has led a lot of people into all manners of shady things and some to the capsizing of their faith. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Now, the very first time we looked at this topic, I was saying that the challenges of life, are, 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 they have caused many to backslide. Some have become bitter against God. You know when people become bitter, they just say, God, you have failed me, you have disappointed me, I am not doing again. Right. Now, we cannot live our lives like that. Because life is not a straight line. There are times in my life that I felt God disappointed me. But God proved to me later that what I call disappointment was actually divine direction. Yeah. Now, some take it to the extreme. They commit suicide and um, they just know that life will never be okay. But you see, we must never get to that point in the name of Jesus. We must always believe in God. Because God has got our backs. And of course, the fourth reaction is people who have made up their minds that they are going nowhere. Right? People like us. Who have just simply made up our minds. That come rain, come shine, we go no. Like they say in common parlance, we die here. But we will know that we will live, right? But when somebody comes and says, we die here, it means... Nothing will move me from this faith. And that's the point God wants all of us to get to. Especially young people. That the devil is targeting. The things a lot of young people struggle with. There are too many. Too many. 
But you must come to that point in your life where your mind is just made up. You know, at times, they ask you, why are you doing this? At times, you may not be able to explain. But you just know that this place, eh, I am not commuting. Commut. I am not commuting from this place. Hey, but you go to church. Hey, you have nothing to show for it. All your parents are married. All your parents are... Da, da, da. Some of them are in UK. All in Canada. Oh, really? I say here, I'm not commuting. Why? I don't know why. I stay here. That's the kind of people God is looking for. Those are the kind of people that will last. Hallelujah. And in the course of the month, we have looked at so many things around this theme of standing firm. We have, we, we have explained the necessity, the supreme importance of the word of God. Now you can't just say I'm not, I'm not removing myself from here just by mouth. It must be based on something. That is the word of God. Right? The word must dwell in you richly. The word must provide the fortitude, the root, the anchor upon which you stand. Because the storms of life will come. And it's the word of God that can anchor you to the faith. Hallelujah. We've talked about faith. We've talked about the armor of God. The helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness. We've talked about the need to stay in fellowship. So that you don't become somebody that we see you in church today. For the next two weeks, we don't see you. You come again from nowhere. Then for the next three, four weeks, you disappear. Bro, you can't go far like that. You know why? We need one another. You need somebody to encourage you when things are not going well. You need somebody to give you a hug just to encourage you and to comfort you. When life becomes tough, you need somebody to speak a word of encouragement into your life. And you can only get that when you stay in fellowship. Because when you go, then you disappear for the next three weeks. After a while, people can forget about you. Then you're not there. They don't have love in that church. You've got to stay. But today, I will share about four things with us that will help us in our course to continue to stand firm in addition to these things. Number one is the need for trust. You must trust God. Hmm. We are going to read some scriptures. Trusting God is, necess is a necessary ingredient to standing firm in a confused world. A miracle has come. From inauguration day, subsidy is gone. The Naira started flying. Is it dollar or Naira that started flying? One of them started flying without any plan. Should subsidy be removed? Yes. Then inflation started marathon. Then it appears as if we have become orphans. Bro, you are not an orphan, no. There is a God that has got your back. Am I communicating? You know, because if you don't know 
The Bible says, fear ye not the fear of the people. Neither call a confederacy what they call a confederacy. Don't fear their fear. How will I go to school? How will I survive? How will I do this? God has got your back. Hallelujah. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, the New Living Translation says, That is why I am suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it. For I, knew the one, I know the one in whom I trust. And I am sure that he is what? Able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. I am sure that he is able to guard or to keep me. Hallelujah. In, in, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, let me read message translation of Proverbs chapter 5, verse 6. Verse 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Now, I'm sharing this scripture with you so that you, you will learn to trust God in difficult times of life. Because one thing I know is that this time will pass. Right? But what will guarantee that you will not pass with that time is what I'm sharing with you. Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 5 says, Trust God from where? From the bottom of your heart. You know, this is what King James says, trust in the love with all your heart and lean on the earth. You see, that's why you need to look at different translations. This one is very, very relevant. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to what? Eh? Don't try to figure out everything on your own. You know, you know how people will, will just sit down. Then they'll be figuring what will happen in five years' time. Bro, tomorrow you can't figure. You want to figure five. And trying to figure out things is what leads to worry. It is what leads to eventually depression. Because your small mind cannot conceptualize the big plans that God has for you. You know why? You don't even know what God is doing. Hallelujah. He said, don't try to figure out everything on your own, Mr. First Class. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go. He is the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that what? That you know it all. You know, some people are planning champions. And it's good to plan. But you can't plan life. You can't. And that is why trust has become very critical. I mean, you plan to the extent you can. If you don't trust God, you will be running a skelter over nothing. Now, you that they are paying in Naira, somebody comes to tell you later this year, yeah, dollar has become 1,500. Yeah, dollar. So the question is, bro, they pay you Naira. Why are you mobbing all over the place? Because dollar is now 1,000. 
500. If you don't trust God, you may lose your mind and enter into depression. And that is the plan of the devil for a lot of people. Omar, you've got to relax. You see this guy, the way he's sitting, crossing his leg and doing like this. The guy is cool. The guy is cool. That is the way you should, that's the posture you should be taking. Omar, nothing they happen. Let dollar become 2,000 naira. The people that will build us will build. People that will buy new cars will do what? They will buy. What you will do, you will do. Ah, I didn't hear your email. Oh, you don't want to do anything? Ah, Uluwao. Don't let Nigeria happen to you. Don't let Nigeria steal your dream. No, don't. You've got to still believe in yourself. You've got to believe in the vision that you carry. When I was building a house, they told me, ah, cement has caused this wall. Um, what is, apart from cement, what did they use again? Block. Block has caused. I, 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 I will build. Bro, I built. Oh. The people that will build tomorrow, they are gathering block. They are buying cement. You will buy your own. In the name of Jesus. What trust will do is that trust will deliver peace to your heart. No matter what is going on around you. So don't, 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 don't look at people crying all over the place. Then you join them to cry. Dollar has become 2,000. If not crayfish, you feel buy. Bro, buy them. If it's Gary and sugar, buy and drink. Because these two shall pass. And when you get on the road, nobody will look into your stomach. As that is Gary and sugar I am seeing. No! Am I communicating? At times we overthink. At times we allow the situation around to get into us. Don't let it happen to you. I've taken Gary before and I've told you with a seven-month pregnant woman. In my office, they didn't know. The following day, it was Gary, this man took to bed as dinner. Did it not pass? Eh? It passed. For you too, it will pass. Hallelujah. So when you trust God, you'll be in peace. Let the whole world be falling around you. 5,000 to a dollar. 1 million to a dollar. Have they all died in Zimbabwe? Zimbabwe, to buy a loaf of bread, probably you need 1 million Zimbabwean dollar. 1 million. Have they all died? No. Somebody tell your neighbor, relax. God has got your back. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Before I move to the next one, in message translation, Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, hmm, Jeremiah 29 11, it says, I know what I am doing. Hmm, I have it all planned out. 
I have it all. Everything about your life planned out. Plans to take care of you. Not abandon you. Plans to give you the what? The future that you hope for. Child of God, I've told you before, if you must lose anything in life, never lose hope. No. You can lose your, you can lose your phone, you can lose your key, you can lose anything, but never lose your hope. If the devil succeeds in taking hope from you, you're a goner. Keep your hope alive. Believe in God with your last breath. Never give up. Number two is faith. I know we've spoken about faith, but I'm going to introduce a new dimension. Faith is, of course, believing God. You've got to believe God to take you to where you want to get to. And when, when, when we relate with God, you have to look away from what you can do. Because it is not about what you can do, it's about what God can do, right? Now, and that's why the Bible says in Mark 9.23, Jesus said to the Father, why did you say if you can? He says, all things are possible for the one who believes. And in Luke chapter 18 verse 27, the new, um, the new International Version says, And Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. See, anything you want to be, anything you want to do, it is possible. It is very, very possible. I bought a house in Lekki with my wife. We that were drinking Gary when she was seven months pregnant. But we had faith that we can't be coming all the way from Chevron to Yaba. One day I spent five hours from Lekki to Yaba. Because we were living at Tonike. And I'm like, Ulua, five hours. Somebody going to London. We'll have one hour to land. One hour, Nigeria to London. One hour to land. Lekki to Yaba, a journey of about 30 minutes. Five hours in traffic. We looked up to God. I said, God, this is possible. We can buy a house. We can do it. And the moment we made up our mind and we started praying, God gave us an idea. Do a mortgage. It never crossed my mind. I said, do a mortgage. I went to the bank. Oh, yeah, we can give you mortgage. You work here. You can give you mortgage. Blah, 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 another. How many years? Okay, from your age, blah, blah, blah. blah 16 years. Uh, we can give you a mortgage of 16 years. We paid back in four years. So we bought a house in Lekki. If you want God to do anything for you, it is possible. Oh, yeah, but I don't have money. Uh, but my salary is 100,000. Uh, even uh, T-Fair is 50,000. What does it cause God to move a man to give you a car? Are you listening to me? What does it cause 
God to move the heart of one man and say, Dupe, the way I did see you for blast, I just did love you. In fact, there is a car that I've not used. The car is getting spoiled. Can you drive? Now tell me, how much of your money is there? Eh? How much? Zero. But you see, when we are relating with God, the mistake we normally make is that we look at our bank account. We look at the size of the problem. But we don't look at God. We look at ourselves. Anything you want God to do for you in life, never cut it down to the size of your pocket. Never. That's why that church we are building. We believe God from the scratch to where it is. God has been faithful. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? Now, two things that are closely connected to faith, which a lot of people don't take into reckoning, are works and patience. Now, faith doesn't work alone. You can't say you have faith and you are not putting in work. Because faith works. Or faith is completed by works. Like, the, like, like James said, he said, show me your faith without your work and I will show you my faith by my works. Now, what, what does that mean? It means that your faith must go with works. Your faith cannot work in isolation. You can't pass if you don't study. I was a fellowship president on campus. In my 400 level, I became the president. No, 200, I was the assistant Bible study secretary. 300 level, I was the Bible study secretary. 400 level, I was the president of the fellowship. As a president of the fellowship, I would preach. I would do counseling. I would do follow-up. I would oversee evangelism, oversee drama, oversee follow-up, oversee prayer, oversee all the, fellow, all the other departments. We would have exco meetings for 12 hours. I was 23. But guess what? I never missed one class. Either to, due to night VG or because I was having meeting. One class I never missed. And that was why on the day that we graduated, I was number one in a class of 180 students. I was the overall best. Now, I did not use my commitment in the fellowship or that I have faith and not read. Bro, you will land in the backside of third class. Am I, I communicating? For those of you who are students, you can say, I have faith. Oh, God will help me. I have faith. I'll make a first class. If you have faith and you don't read, you will not do well. Your faith must go with works. You are believing God for a good job. When was the last time you updated your CV? When was the last time you had a certification? You know, there are so many certification courses on Google. No, not on Google. On um, YouTube. That are free. Ah, there was a, I think I saw somebody's CV recently. And the person had a lot of certifications on his CV. And I looked at the date, 2020-2021, when there was lockdown. That was somebody was thinking. 
So don't just come to church and pray and not walk. So you need to go back and walk. Me that I'm your pastor. I was overall bed too. And I'm telling you that I labored. I labored. I walked. I worked hard. After every class, I go back to the library. They give us two cases in, 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 in class. I'll go to the library. I will have four cases. During tests, when everybody is giving two cases on offer, acceptance, and consideration, I am giving four cases. They can't give us the same mark. And I can't say I can't go to the library because I'm pastor. Pastor what? Bro, the true proof of spirituality is success. You can't say you are spiritual and you are, and you are, and you are, and you are not making wave in the, in the marketplace. They won't respect you. Am I communicating? Because we are the light of what? Of the world, not of the church. You've got to do well. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, what should you do? Do with all your heart. Don't waste time. Your faith must be backed by works. You want job in Amazon. You want job in Google. You want job in Microsoft. What do you have that they need? Have you even gone to check out the kind of people they are looking for so that you can now target your resume? You can begin to look at YouTube and begin to do certifications that will be relevant to where you are going tomorrow. You've got to wake up. I won't stand there and say, just be praying. Pray how? Prayer without faith is dead. Number two is patience. Now, patience is important because God is a God of process. Did you hear me? I said what? God is a God of process. He is not a magician. Now, between where I am, if God has given me a promise for this pulpit, and I'm here, and God gave me a promise today, I will find myself here tomorrow. It will happen. You know what God will do? It will take me a step at a time. I will take one step. God will teach me how to be humble. I will learn humility. I will learn empathy. When that has been finished, take me to the next step. I will learn leadership. I will learn what it means to be kind. I will learn what it means to be generous. When that lesson has been imbibed, I go to the next step. Bro, learn how to be generous. So God is taking me through a refining process so that when I eventually land, I am made. I will see somebody who has a need. I will never open my mouth and call him lazy. I will not open my mouth and tell him go and die. Brother, by virtue of what God has brought me through, the power of empathy, compassion, humility, 
and generosity begins to flow because I have learned what it takes not to have. But those of you who say, ah, Pastor, you are generous, you are this, it's because I have learned, have been built, have been formed. I'm not making sense to you guys at all. I'm not, I'm not communicating. So when you believe God for anything, bro, wait. And let God take you through that process. The people who cannot wait are those who go and do ritual killing or ritual money or ritual whatever they do. Like one young boy recently that went to kill his girlfriend. How many of you know you heard about that story? One very beautiful girl. They just wasted her. They are looking for money. They can't go through the process. All they want is money and then they come and go on social media. Benz. You know, they begin to wave the key. Okay, so you now have Benz. Okay, what else do you have? What more? It can't last. It's not sustainable. If the devil gave it to you, the devil will take it from you. But when you allow God to work with you, and you are patient, you can't be the same man. So if you are here, you are applying to go to school abroad. They bounce you, and they bounce you, and they bounce you. Guess what? In the fullness of time, on God's calendar, when your time comes, they will invite you. Your application will sail through as if, and you begin to wonder, what was your problem before? They had no problem. It was timing. What did I say? Timing. Because the Bible says, in his time, what happens? He makes all things beautiful. Do the work. Be patient. You know, David was anointed king. Was it the following day after David was anointed king that he became king? Ah, no. No. Ah. They wanted to kill him. David first entered the palace. Saul became envious. Then he, be, he became intimidated by David. Then he started chasing him. David would run and hide inside the woods. After the wood, he would go inside forest. From the forest, he would go into the wilderness. From the wilderness, he would go into the enemy territory. There was a time he pretended as if he was mad. You know what God was doing? He was breaking him down. So when he became king, he didn't say, wipe out everybody in the household of Saul. You know what he said? That is there anyone of the household of Saul that what? That I may show him the kindness of God. When you see a man that has been broken and formed, there is no atom of pride in them. No pride. They are coming from somewhere. They've been broken. That is the area, the level I'm trusting God to take me to. No wonder David could praise God. No wonder David could worship God the way he did. Because he was a broken man. Broken! And formed 
and shaped to be in the image of God. It takes patience. It takes patience. It doesn't happen overnight. Let God, let God walk. So don't compete with anybody. If there are your ass's car. Ah, tomorrow I must look for a way to buy my own Jeep. You are looking for trouble for yourself. Because what you are doing is you are leaving your own lane and jumping into another man's lane and you are engaged in what is called the rat race. That takes me to my next point. Stay focused. Focus on your assignment. Be motivated by your own assignment in life. Don't let anyone or anything distract you. Don't compare yourself with anybody. Focus on your own race. Oh, look at what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible says, such a large crowd of witnesses is all around us. So we must get rid of everything that, show, that slows us down. Especially the sin that won't let go. Right? And we must be determined to run the race that is ahead of us. Run your race. Don't run another person's race. When I was working at Lidway Assurance, my brother, who, was, who is also a lawyer, was doing business and he was doing well. Many times my mom called me. Because I was paid 12000 My mom thought that that 12000 no reach anywhere. But wrote to me, get stubborn head. They wrote to me, leave this company. Come and be working with your brother. I said, no. I'm a corporate guy. Now here, I won't work. I don't want to do I'm not a business person, in quote. Now, there are different shades of business, right? My mom wanted to pull me out of the corporate world. So that I could join my, young, my elder brother. And I said, no. This is the path that I've chosen for myself under God. So when she saw that I was not willing, she left me. Today, she is forever grateful that I continued on my own race. Stay focused on what God has called you to do. Don't look at any other person. You can look at Tiberius. Ah, this man is doing well. Ah, God, well done. As God is helping him, God, help me. Look at um, Goke. Ah, God is helping Goke. God, you, the God of Goke. Lord, remember me too. Not that you will drop your own and go to what they are doing. Ah, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Let me move on. Let me talk about this final one, then I'll drop the mic. Let me talk about resilience. Resilience. For you to stand, you have to be resilient. Now, resilience means the ability to withstand difficult situations and not fall to pieces. Ah! Because they will come. Uh, somebody say, eh, maybe if I run away from this church, all this is that this man is talking about, they will not come near me. They will come after you. It is not by church. Whether you are born again or not born again, tough times will follow you. But guess what? 
those are the tools that God uses or uses to form us into who we are today. If there's anything you have ever appreciated in my life, eh? it came by God breaking me. It took time to be the leader that I am today. Before I used to be a timekeeper, when I was working in Owando, if any of my subordinates come and say, ah, this is 801, why are you coming late? Are you okay? That was who I, who I was. But God worked on me. Hallelujah. Resilience. Resilience is inner strength. It is that inner fortress that does not allow you to give up in the face of challenges. And I'll read 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'll tell you a story, then we'll pray. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you can project it, I'll read from the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 8 to 10. As I begin to round off. Oh, my time is almost up. It says, we are pressed on every side. By, by what? By troubles. But we are not what? Crushed. We are perplexed. But we are not driven to despair because we are resilient. Go on. It says, verse 11. Okay, verse 10. It said, verse 9 says, persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. Verse 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of Christ might be made manifest in our body. Troubled on every side but not distressed. Perplexed. To be perplexed means you are confused. But guess what? I will not go into depression because I don't understand. Persecuted, but I know that I'm not forsaken. You know, people can be persecuted. You can be persecuted in your office. You can be persecuted anywhere and everywhere. But you know that there is a God who has not forsaken you. You are cast down, but you are not destroyed. And I end with this story of Horatio Spafford. That's the guy that wrote, When peace like a river attended my way. He was a lawyer. Our face, get ready. We are going to take that hymn as we, as we close. He lost a fortune in the great Chicago fire of 1871. He had, before then, lost his four-year-old son to scarlet fever. When the pressure was much, he bundled his wife and four daughters to go to England on vacation, hoping to join them later. And while the ship was crossing the Atlantic Ocean, they had a shipwreck. All the four daughters died along with 200 other people. The wife sent Horatio a telegram. The telegram says, 
saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio was overwhelmed by the tragedy. But he remained unbound because he was resilient. And he picked his pen and wrote the hymn. That despite all this, it is well with my soul. And we stand to our feet. When peace like a river and my this afternoon. Make that your prayer. It is well with my soul. Subsidy is gone, but it is well with my soul. Escalation is high. Inflation is high, but it is well with my soul. Oh, somebody pray. Open your mouth and let God know. Let heaven know. That it is well with you. It is well with you. The devil is a liar. It is well with your soul. It is well with your today. It is well with your tomorrow. It is well with your future. In the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody Makapo ye kapro le posha kapa. Makapo le kapro le poso. It's well. It's well. We must. Oh, somebody, I want you in two minutes to make that confession. No matter what you're going through, you may not have food to eat, you may not have enough clothes to wear. Dollar may become two thousand. But guess what? It is well. It is well. It is well. It is well. With your soul. In Jesus. Mighty name we pray. Oh yes. In this solemn moment, every head bowed. Every eye closed. I'm going to make a call. You can bring it up please. If you are here and you know you are not born again, now this is not child's play. We are not here to joke. You know that you are not born again. You've been hearing about it, or you know about it, but you are just not ready. Anything can happen at any time. With every eye closed and every head bowed, Can you please put your hand on your chest? Your right hand on your chest. As we pray together. You don't need to come out. Just put your hand on your chest. Wherever you are. If you are putting your hand on your chest. Please remain standing. As every other person sits down. Just remain standing. As every other person sits down. 
If you are putting your hand on your chest, please stand up. Some of you are sitting down already. If you are putting your hand on your chest, some of you did that here. I don't know why you are sitting. Please stand. Let us pray together. We will pray with you right where you are. I want you to please repeat this prayer after me. And all of us can chorus it together. I say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I am sorry for all my sins. Please forgive me. Today, I believe in my heart that Jesus died for me. And I confess in my mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And Father, I pray for every single one of us in this auditorium who is going through a hard time. We thank you, Lord, because we are not orphans. We are not abandoned. We can say like that hymn writer, it is well with our souls. It is well with our souls. Lord, you will see us through. You will take us through. Whatever we are going through shall pass. And the name of the Lord shall be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray.